0: Hello and welcome to the 11 Percenters Podcast, where a Jew, two Brits, and an average Joe talk all things basketball. I'm Joey, and I'm joined by Ankit, Johnny, and Bobby today. We're going to be recapping the first week of basketball and talking about some things that really piqued our interest. So to start, first game of the season, Celtics-Sixers. The Celtics absolutely killed the Sixers on every level. Um, The only real bright spot for the Sixers was, in my opinion, Ben Simmons. Uh, He went off, almost had a triple-double in his first game. Kid's incredible, as much as I hate to say it, but that third-year guy is really good. He looks incredible this year. Uh, Yeah, third-year guy. Don't even try and say that he's a second-year player. That's just not accurate. Yeah, I like what I saw from the Celtics this year. It's a scary team.
1: You're only saying exactly what Johnny and I have been saying about the Celtics. No, you've been
0: saying that they're gonna win the championship. I think
1: this game was very reminiscent and we're of back everybody. I think this, no, I think this game is very reminiscent of what the Celtics could be because Kyrie was terrible and Gordon Hayward's clearly rusty. It's gonna take him some time to readjust to playing five on five basketball. The Celtics won by 18 points while having Jason Tatum as their number one guy. The same team as last year. Wait till Hayward is back and and. In his uh, peak form, and Kyrie obviously won't shoot like that every night. So I think this only shows how good the Celtics really are.
2: I also, to your point, I, I somewhat agree, but I also think that if those two get better it'll decrease the production of other players on the Celtics because it's literally impossible for everyone to produce. Like that, That's just not possible in basketball. Maybe yeah,
1: you but, win no, championships but, uh, based on how deep you are. Look at this Spurs team from years ago. They wouldn't—they didn't rely on Duncan and Parker and Ginobili. Since like, it's game
2: one and I don't want to overreact totally, I'm going to move past that and also say uh, the big thing for me is that Philadelphia is missing Wilson Chandler off the bench, who I think is going to be a massive contributor for them. That gives them the ability to score in both facets on uh, with their starters and with their bench and I think that's a he's a big transition player for them and I think that maybe he wouldn't have stopped the loss but he certainly would have made them look better than what we saw
1: but they did win. This wasn't like a close game. They won by 18 without yeah. their two best players playing. No, I know they were better without. I, I
2: didn't say I thought Wilson Chandler would win them the game. I think he would make them look better than what we saw. He would make the, the Sixers did not look like a contender in the East against the Celtics. Wilson Chandler, I think, kind of tips the balance that they would look like a better team because their bench is obviously it, a large part of is is relying on a scoring.
3: I, I personally think it's not really fair to take away anything from the Celtics after that performance. Um, You know, you see that one of the things I talked about going into the season was just the depth that they have, and I think one of the best performers from that game was Terry Rozier. I mean, the guy was plus 22 in his his plus minus efficiency, which is insane, considering he spent, you know, he played 27 minutes, and, you know, as Bobby said, Kyrie was not good at all. I mean, he shot three for 14, or two for 14, sorry. Um, But when Kyrie's good, the
2: role reverses. Kyrie gets the minutes, Rozier takes a step back. Of course
3: he does. Yeah. But in terms of minutes and in terms of production, it's going to be similar. Like, it's not like Kyrie's going to play, you know, Kyrie played 29 minutes that game.
2: Kyrie's going to play 35. Yeah. When he's on his form, Kyrie's going to be playing over 30 minutes at night easily, and that's going to take away from Rozier's minutes. I'm not taking anything away from the players producing on the Celtics. I'm just saying it's impossible for them all to produce at the same time just because of the amount of minutes required for studs like Hayward, who's coming off an injury, so he's limited on his minutes, but when he's fully back, he'll be playing over 30. I still don't think that
3: happens to the team. I think that only argues, essentially strengthens our point. Mark is having this. The Celtics took on Essentially, you know the 76ers Essentially, their biggest contender in the East, right? Their two superstars, in Kyrie and Kyrie and Hayward, did not perform. Hayward looked lost, by the way. I think that you know we're gonna we're gonna need a couple weeks or even a couple months before we see the true Gordon Hayward. The fact that they're essentially, you know, what would on other rosters be considered their role players, you know, the eight their sixth, seventh, eighth men are producing at this high level and managing to beat off the second best team in the conference. I, you know, I would say, you know at least top three, right? I think we can all agree on that. Managing to completely destroy them. I mean, I think there's something to be said and something to be considered about this other sure.
0: But going against your point, I mean, they are a deep team and no one can question that. But when Hayward does come back to form, he's their number two guy behind Kyrie. Who's, when Hayward's back, who's he going to be taking those minutes from? That's going to be Jalen Brown, who in this game against the Sixers was arguably their best player. It's between him and Terry Rogier. So Jalen Brown's going to be in a a decreased role, and he's not going to be able to find that same groove that he can when he's playing 30 minutes a game. He's going to be getting 20 minutes a game because this is a sport where you can only have five guys on the court at one time.
3: Well, I personally saw the game as evidence that Tatum's a much better player than Brown. And I think that, I mean, that's a claim that I made towards the end of last season. Um, Oh, yeah, he is. The guy, I mean, he, I mean he only played 20 i'm saying he only played 29 minutes but you know when looking at the, the distribution of minutes on the celtics everyone's kind of playing 29 30 minutes um he shot insanely well i mean i think he went nine for 17 which is for him you know for i think he, put, well, he played power forward so for him getting getting those shots getting in that you know his mid-range look automatic i think he's definitely been working out over the summer and he just looked a, looked, looked a very very mature player he's the first shoot essentially the first scoring option once we kind of realized Curry was a little cold and Hayward didn't really, you know, fit the frame. Um, so I think going forward, Tatum's really going to be that guy. Um, and I think that, you know, Jay, we'll see Jalen Brown kind of sacrificing a bit of the minute. So Tatum and then the guys off the bench, you know, Marcus Morris also came into the double-double in 20 minutes, which is, you know, insane considering they're playing, again, I keep saying this, the second best team in the conference. I think another storyline from this is just, I think this it, this must be tough,
1: such a tough pill to swallow for the sixth room management that they yeah. traded up when I mean, they could have had Jason Tatum at three, like they allowed the Celtics to trade down, get more assets and get the better player, but like I Jason Tatum good. down
3: in history is one of the worst. Well, it's it's still early.
1: Fultz is, Fultz is now playing thirty minutes for the first time in his NBA career. got a career. standing
2: ovation last night
1: for, for hitting, hitting a jump three. three. <laughs> Wait till Simmons there hits were two three. standing
3: ovations: one for a mid range, <laughs> yeah. an open mid range, and another one for a three. And did you see? He ran run. back on defense I get like a three. Dude, he ran back on defense like not even. We can't imagine. did that. I, I can't justify. Dude, the guy couldn't shoot last year.
1: The announcers went nuts when he hit it. He like pulled it. They were like, he wants to shoot it. He does. Like, oh my god. Like, I can't imagine. NBA player Johnny, I'm gonna. (laughs) argue
0: that point because in 2007 when Greg Oden was taken number one and KD was taken number two no one at the time said that that was a bad pick Greg Oden was the better player in college Right, looking at his college stats and what he did in college Markel, Markel Fultz was the only number one pick there was no other player who should have gone number one in that draft yeah he's had some injuries and yeah Tatum is going to be Probably the best player in this draft yeah. over the course of his career. But at the time of the draft... Mitchell, maybe. Maybe, but, I mean, he's kind of a volatile player, as much yeah, as I true. hate to say it.
1: But the difference is that Greg Odom wasn't traded for Durant. Like, exactly. those picks weren't traded. Yeah. The, the Sixers could have had. The it. Sixers
0: needed a point guard. It fits the role. Like, you don't trade up to get a guy... Who doesn't really fit in your system. I mean, they already had Ben Simmons who they didn't really see playing point guard at the time. They saw him as more of a big who can also handle the ball like LeBron.
1: Moving on, the Raptors had their opening night game at home against the Cavs. Kawhi's first game as a Raptor. He looked great. He looked healthy. He worked really well with Lowry and Ibaka and the rest of that offense. Uh, The Raptors won by 12 and Kawhi, I think he's right back where he was before the injury. I mean, I, he didn't show any signs of any sluggishness like Eric Gordon Hayward, but Danny Green also was involved in that trade. He had 11 points, five boards, two steals, two blocks. The Raptors overall just looked good. I think we know what we're going to expect from them. They're going to be a top three, top four seed in the East, and I think that on the flip side, the Cavs just did not look good. They're gonna. T- it's going to be a long time for them to uh, adjust without LeBron. I mean, that offense kind of looked like a mess. But I think that the big storyline is Kawhi looked healthy, and I think that the Raptors are going to be a top three seed again.
2: Yeah, I mean, I had a less sparkling impression. I think Kawhi still did very well, don't get me wrong. He got 24 points and 13 rebounds. He doesn't look like MVP Kawhi Leonard, but I think he's close to that. I think he's capable of getting there. He looks somewhat slower on defense, which, I mean, he missed a year. I'm being pretty harsh on him, but... I think he's capable of being that MVP Kawhi based on this game. I mean, that's all we can base our sample size off of. But if he if he can become that MVP Kawhi, he's making these Raptors as competitive as they were last year, if not better. I mean, he's a better piece than DeMar DeRozan if, in fact, he comes back. So Kawhi Leonard showing uh, showing off on the first night,
0: 24-13, I think that's a very good sign for the Raptors fans. No, yeah, I liked what I saw from the Raptors in this game. I mean, their starting five looked really good. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, Danny Green, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Kawhi, they all posted positive numbers in their plus-minuses. I didn't like their bench as much as I did last year. I mean, last year they had the best bench in the NBA, and they just didn't look as productive, and they were missing one of their big pieces in DeLon Wright, was out for the game. But I just wasn't super impressed with the play of their bench. I mean... They looked fine going off, going against the Cavs bench, but the Cavs bench is horrendous. I'm just, I wasn't impressed. And yeah, it's one game, and like this group is bound to pick it back up because they, the only player they lost over the offseason was Jakob Pertle. Yeah. But I just, I didn't like what I saw. And DeRozan, can't forget DeRozan. Well, I'm talking just on the bench.
3: Oh yeah, of course. Um, I think that personally, we're not giving Kawhi enough credit um, for kind of coming in and really looking kind of like a similar player as, as he was a year ago. You know, not playing bat, not playing professional basketball for pretty much you know a, a full calendar year. I mean, we saw in, what it like, did to Hayward. Right. Yeah. Coming in, looking at, especially after seeing Hayward's performance. I mean, the guy kind of. I mean, he looked lost on offense. He looked a lot less physical than he used to be. Kawhi just kinda of settled and got the job done, exactly. which is what
2: we've known from like growing up with Kawhi Leonard as a generational Spurs player is that's what we saw from him. Yeah. He got the job done exactly. In and way. now
3: looking I mean, you know, this is obviously looking so far into the future, but looking at that MVP candidate race, people obviously love the narrative and to see Kawhi come in and be that guy right away and having you know, I think it was well, twenty-four and twelve. Um, on twenty-four his, and thirteen, yeah. Twenty four and thirteen, sorry, on his first night being that guy, I think that, you know, he might be a dog horse. I don't think it's fair to call him a dog horse, but I think he's, he's going to be in that pack for... He's forever. back as a superstar. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think
1: another thing we have to also consider, and this is just going to be recurring the entire season, the Raptors have to make a pitch to get Kawhi to stay, similar to the Thunder last year with, uh, with Paul George. They... Absolutely, we're all in on Kawhi last night, or two nights ago rather, uh, cheering him on and everything. And I think that in addition to winning games, the, f- the f- crowd has to f- make Kawhi feel as welcome as possible. Definitely. This could make or break the franchise if he. He's leads, playing for free agency. He is playing free agency, but like, if the season ended right now, he's leaving Toronto. Like, I don't think they have a pitch to stay. But we all thought the same thing about Paul George. So I think that every one of these games is crucial to the Raptors because yeah. not only do they have to win, but they have to make a pitch for him to. Oh, appreciate Toronto I mean DeMar DeRozan fell in love With the city Like he was All in Like all Toronto yeah. He was not just a Raptor He was like A face of he that city He was a quintessential
2: city. Part of the city
3: Yeah
1: so they They have to make that pitch
3: To Kawhi yeah, So I, I think every one Of these races. home games Whoa. I think yeah. every one Of these games Is just crucial For the Raptors I mean, He's a huge relief For the front office yeah. Seeing the, the reception That he got in that First game I think Is is massive going forward for Yeah sure
0: uh, moving on to another big storyline, uh, Spurs played the Timberwolves hmm. on opening night. Uh, Spurs won by four. I think the biggest story in this was Carl Anthony Towns fouled out in 22 minutes and looked absolutely horrendous throughout the whole game. He, just, he took six shot attempts, just wasn't looking good all night. Um, Jimmy Butler looked real good. Uh, brought a lot of energy, a lot of heart. Uh, I think it's
3: fair to say they uh, they might need him.
0: Yeah, uh, he posted twenty three points, seven rebounds, and three assists. I mean, he looked like their best player. He he was playing with a chip on his shoulder, and it showed. I mean, yeah, it definitely showed that Butler was definitely their best player, and I think they'd be
2: somewhat lost without him since a lot of the scoring load would then transfer to Andrew Wiggins. But um, one thing that really struck me was kind of the inefficiency of their big three, if you could call it that. Towns, Wiggins, and Butler make it what you will. Towns shot two for six before fouling out. Wiggins was eight for 18, and Butler was nine for 23. That's definitely going to need to change if they want to reinsert themselves into the playoff talk. That is that is not efficient shooting. That is not going to win you games against teams like the Spurs that many people had doubts about going into the season. The Spurs lost a lot of depth in the backcourt and really messed with this Timberwolves team that is supposed to be a bona fide p- playoff team in the West.
1: I just think, the uh, I said it before, the Wolves just rely so much on their starting lineup. I mean, Jeff Teague scored 27. Jimmy Butler scored 23. Wigan scored 20. So when you take Towns out of the equation... They, there's no chance they can win that game. I mean, I know they only lost by four on the scoreboard, but it, it's crazy for a team to rely so much on four guys to score. Their fifth starter, Taj Gibson, has never been like a dominant scorer. So when you rely that much on four guys to score, it's just like it's impossible to win. So now if you have to consider, uh, based on all the drama that we've heard, if Jimmy Butler does leave, this team is terrible. Like This team's not going to go anywhere with that. And I think... This is picking up exactly where the last season ended off. Towns, as talented as he is, he's the number one pick. He's an unbelievable player. He looked, la- he was lackadaisical. I think he was literally, like, he just didn't, he wasn't going all out. And, like last year, Clint Capella abused him in the playoffs. Like I think that Towns has to uh, prove that he is a face of a franchise. And Jimmy Butler, I think all this stemmed from a guy like Towns that Jimmy Butler felt like he didn't have the heart and like wasn't, uh, didn't care as much. So I think Towns really has to like, prove himself more this year and take another step up.
0: It's really disappointing for me because Towns was my first pick in my fantasy Same basketball me. Team.
1: I texted you guys. I said, who should I pick? I had a choice between him and Westbrook and, like, I literally would have had Westbrook. Was that, that pre-Butler injury. or
2: post-Butler? What do you like mean? Like, the controversy surrounding Butler and the trade? Was that pre or post it, it was before it. But, like, yeah. it,
1: the Butler drama's been kind of looming like, <laughs> all summer. I Towns, like, he has the talent. He, I said it the other day. I think Towns has... <laughs> the ability to put up huge numbers and really help the Wolves but like based on what he looked you cannot be a face of a franchise and foul out in 20 minutes shooting six times like Stephen A. Smith destroyed him last year for exactly what he did this game which is he wasn't the focal point of that offense and he has to be
2: Can we talk about how Thibodeau Really mismanaged this team down the stretch. So Derrick Rose yeah. played the bulk of the fourth quarter. played 31 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Teague should be the guy in that situation, He's not eight Derek 12. Rose. Like, he looked really good. Derek yeah. Rose did make a nice pass, though, too. But
0: I don't think that, that justifies
1: three. it.
2: Nope. That, wasn't <laughs> a play, <though>. that was <laughs> a nice play,
1: That
0: was a nice play. Big note for the Spurs. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge had twenty one points and nineteen rebounds. Yeah. dude looks like an animal.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say I, I agree with all you know everything you guys are saying about the Timberwolves, rules, but for me the biggest note of the game was how the Spurs look, especially considering how many injuries they have. DeMar DeRozan looks solid. Looks and you know he looks <laughs> incredible. I mean he looks like the player that he was in Toronto. And, and which is what we expected, in, exactly, and slotting in and being that guy straight away. You know he played thirty eight minutes. Lamar, Lamarcus played forty two minutes, which is. Nuts he looked like first Portland LaMarcus
2: Aldridge The yeah. guy
3: who went out And got his money After Portland yep. Exactly And you know Pops really trusting His guys And I think that they You know We called it Kind of a rebuild season Or kind of like A revamp season I really call it rebuild. a playoff season Yeah exactly And the fact that They're revamping Their roster In a playoff You know Being a playoff candidate And I think they definitely Will will see the off season. Um, I think is a huge, you know, it's a, it's a great note for the Spurs, and I think they can really progress in, as, as an organization.
0: Yeah, Ru- Rudy Gay, coming off an of injury, got 18.7 boards in yeah. 24 minutes. Yeah, Like, he missed a lot of last year with some hampering injuries. Now he's coming back, and he's looking really good. And not to take away from it, they beat a good team.
3: Yeah.
2: The Timberwolves yeah. are still a good team,
3: irrespective of, of the drama that three occurred. Elite, elite players, I
2: think. Popovich maybe. coached an outstanding game, and the Spurs look like they could be... Top five seed in the West. Definitely.
1: And they have they have like a decent bench. I mean, Pau Gasol, Patty Mills and um, Marco Bellinelli all gave them twenty like close to twenty minutes. They gave they were pretty efficient. I mean they you need those kind of guys to uh, to supplement the starters. Like when Marcus Aldridge is not gonna be able to play forty two minutes a night, so you have to have a guy like Pau Gasol or
3: Bertans to play a few minutes and yeah. give him a the rest. So And I think if we do see, you know, I doubt it's gonna happen, but maybe towards the end of the season if we see DeJounte Murray coming back, going into the playoffs. This could be, you know, a surprise for, uh, you know, an early early knockout for sure. See, I don't
0: even know if they're gonna make the playoffs. Like, I yeah, agree. they look, I, I they don't look think good they after one game, but this is still a team that has no depth of the backcourt. And the, and the West is just deep. Though. The West
2: is just really good. Like, I, we're gonna but who are you taking that. over them? I think just that—that that star power of Lamarcus Aldridge, who's been very solid the last few years as well. He's been a—he's been a high-end starter the last few years, and DeMar DeRozan, who is a stud in the league. I think anything—look, well, no, anything, like, anything
1: could happen. Three through eight yeah. last, three through ten last year we were split by like three to three four games. games. Exactly. So you think about like, let's say the last year, eight playoff teams, the Spurs as as were included. The Lakers missed it. They Lebron now, and the Nuggets missed it, and they won forty four games last year. I think so. Forty nine. I think 49. they, they, they won more than that. Yeah. So both, it. both of those teams, I think, will be in it. So something that I did. I know we we already did our preseason like playoff predictions, but the Spurs are just going to be. I think they're going to be one of those border teams again. They
3: they, they look of cool. course they're going to be a border team. Yeah. They're, everyone's you know, a border everyone's team everyone's outside a, of yeah, the top. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we just mentioned it. That that three through ten, or no, not three. I think four through ten. I think will be very volatile going into the you know the last few weeks of the season. So, say they do pick up form going in, like, you know, two weeks before the playoffs, we might see them in there. It's, it's not going to be something that's
0: decided now. Yeah. There's a team that's going to have to play to 82 games to really tell.
1: Moving on, uh, the Pelicans, probably the most interesting game of the week. The Pelicans went into Houston opening night and absolutely dominated them. You have Miritich and AD scoring 30 and 32 respectively. Wow. Julius Randle came off the bench and looked great. He hit a 3-2. He did hit three. That was a weird-looking three, but he hit it. And, look, that team looked great. They are deeper than they've ever been because they had Alfred Payton, new point guard, had a triple-double the first one of the season in the league, 10-10-10. You had Etwan Moore throw in 21 points on 8-of-12 shooting. The Pelicans shot 53% from the field and hit 10 threes. Then they shot the lights out, and they absolutely slaughtered the Rockets. I think that this team is no longer, compared to the past few years, as dependent on AD as they are. Obviously, AD goes down the Pelicans and not going anywhere, but they now have a two, three, four, five 3, 4, Drew Holiday last year like killed Lillard in the playoffs. This team looks much better than they've ever been. The Rockets didn't play badly, but th- as we've said, like, they could not stop anything on defense. And Carmelo coming off the bench, we'll get it more into that, but he... It was just weird to see Melo come off the bench. He he looked alright. He didn't look bad. He wasn't the problem. But the
2: Pelicans slaughtered the Rockets. We've I said it all damn off season. The Rockets' biggest loss was Trevor Ariza. Agreed. And yeah. they gave up hundred and thirty one fucking points. But Luka, Richard Richard, mute is also gone. That team they lost two of their top guys. Like they. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. Houston cannot defend. Mike D'Antoni is an offensive-minded coach, but it, but you have to have some form of defense. Oh, I said it on the plot a couple weeks ago. The Rockets, if they want to win games, they're literally
1: going to have to win an like average they're, score of one hundred and thirty to one hundred and twenty. They're yeah, not going to allow less than one hundred and ten, which is ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Only the Nuggets have been doing that. Not sustainable
3: at all, for sure.
2: Like this team could. I, I don't want to say it this early. But with the lack of defense that's been displayed, they could be a bust at some point. Like, not a t- not the top two team we're predicting, but lower down in the playoff order. I, I also think that Carmelo Carmelo Anthony, when I FaceTimed you yesterday, Johnny, and we were <laughs> looking at the box score, yeah. he was minus 20. Yeah. That's the second worst player efficiency uh, or the plus minus in that game.
3: Behind, behind Harden, who played the
2: bulk of the minutes. Yeah. It's ridiculous that we're still saying that this guy was going to be a huge difference maker on this team. In reality, yeah. he shot three for ten. The Rockets
1: just overall, it, it, this looks very reminiscent of that, of that game seven last year going to Golden State. They yeah. are so reliant on that three ball. It's so bad. All they have is Capela is their only big that, that plays inside. They shot... 48 threes in this game. Like, they, if you, if it's not going down, then they have no chance of winning. They have one guy on their entire roster that scores inside,
2: that's Capella. And he, most of his points are off lobs. On a lighter note, Carter Williams looked good. I like his fit in that team. I, I think that's a very minor note, but I like Carter Williams on this team. I'm not even gonna give my input on that.
3: <laughs> I, I do want to talk about the Pelicans for a second. Um, I think that Julius Rondo's, you know, proven to be the addition that I expected him to be, and I think a lot of people did as well, you know, coming off the bench, playing that 24 minutes. Being that you know that really important six man for, for the Pelicans uh, with twenty five points, Etuan Moore has been one of my favorite kind of underrated players over you know the last few seasons. We kind of saw him breakout last season as this like really important kind of you know, third fourth uh, scoring option on, on the Pel's, um, and he came in with a plus thirty uh, plus minus, which is you know incredible, and the guy that you really want on the floor all the time uh, with twenty one points and shooting eight for twelve, which is you know incredible on the first night. Um, I think we'll see quite a lot from this Pelicans team, and I'm kind of expecting a lot from them going into the season because I think that AD's really uh, going for that MVP race, and I think that at the end of the, you know, he kind of deflected all the questions about that at the end of the game as you'd expect him to. But I think if, if there's a season for AD to win it, it's, it's this season. So
2: to kick off their seasons, the Suns absolutely dismantled the Mavericks 121-100, to 100. And honestly, it was the debut of DeAndre Aiden. He looked very solid, putting up 18 points and 10 rebounds. Then you go back to a guy like Devin Booker, who we didn't really know if he was starting the season, and he came in, absolutely shot lights out in the fourth quarter, put up 35 points, and he looked like a bona fide star in this game, the one that we've been saying that he could be all along. And honestly, I think the Suns team looks deep, looks good, and I, it's it's hard to say but they could be taking a step this year that not a lot of people expected if Deandre Aiden's able to perf- uh, perform night in and night out.
3: Sure. I mean, for me kind of the biggest message of this game was how unprepared I think the Mavericks, the Mavs look kind of They just look disorganized. I'm not sure Carlisle has the right sort of plan for this team because I think Doncic he wasn't really getting the ball in the right positions. I think he's he's such a, you know, threat going into the paint whether that's going straight up for a basket when that's looking for that outlet because I think in that first quarter when we were speaking um, you know, he had a few passes going into the paint the thing he always did in Real Madrid kind of crossing over the defender in, in the perimeter and going in and finding that passing option he did it a few times he had a flashy pass to, to DeAndre um, literally a couple of minutes into his NBA debut and then for the rest of the game he was really quiet he was getting the ball and like, the, you know at the end of the shot clock he was trying to force up shots and that's I don't think that's a really sustainable thing to do with a rookie. It's and a, a rookie weird roster. As well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a weird roster, but I just don't think that the game plan is really suited for the players yet because they don't know who their guy is yet. Yeah. Is it going to be Jordan who's going to you know the, are they going to get the ball in the paint all the time or are they going to trust Luca and Dennis Smith with it? You know, it's interesting to see how this is going to continue, but I think that next week, you know, Luca's going to have a huge week to kind of prove himself because th- and I think that he will. Um, but the Mavs really need to start. He, orienting their game plan for the players that they have.
2: He showed flashes of being the player we saw in Europe. Of course. And obviously, it's going to take time. So He's just still to exactly rookie the year, for, like, Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. But... I, I do think that Carlisle has to adjust the way he plays because the Mavs kind of look like the old functional Mavs exactly. that we saw, and they kind of have to change that up work. for... Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic are going to be the focal points of this team. They have to be. And you have to change your game plan in order to cater to them. I don't think you should be catering to the Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordans of this team.
1: I agree. I think... I, think, um, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think Carlisle overmanaged this game. I mean, they played yeah. 12 guys. Like, there was no need to bring in... Kleber, Spaulding, like Powell, they played heavy minutes like they played decent minutes, like seventeen minutes apiece. I think that you need to I know it's early in their in their career in their uh, careers, but I mean Dennis Smith needs to play more than twenty eight minutes. Like he is their point guard. He I love Dennis. I think he's ready to take that next step up. I wish the Knicks drafted him last year. But he like he needs to. Play, I know he shot six of nineteen, but he needs to play more minutes than that. I think yes, it's gonna take time for Doncic to uh, adjust. He's obviously coming from Europe, so it's a totally different uh, style of play. But I think that the Mavs, once they do mesh, will like like we said in previous pods. I think they'll be a very good team this year. They're gonna come very close to a playoff hunt, but like not close enough.
0: Uh, Ray Spalding played fifty four seconds. No, just
1: I I, t- I took that no. back. I was, talking, I was talking about Powell and Cleber or Cleaver. who well, played this,
0: seventeen minutes apiece. Who else are you gonna play if you don't play them? You need big guys on the court. I would play nine men instead
3: of 12th Person, I agree. That's just like it's, it's
1: over managing because you can't get into a groove. You play twelve guys. It's like any team.
3: Like there's no. You need to allow some rhythm. I think to play. giving Jalen Brunson nineteen minutes on his debut, I don't think is the right. Choice. I mean, the guy, the guy had three points. Um... In nineteen minutes, with essentially one assist. I mean, okay, one I, assist. like I'm not
0: arguing with your point. I think the smaller the rotation, the better.
3: Definitely. but
0: I mean, Devin Harris played six minutes. Brokoff played four minutes. Like, but it's disrupting chemistry. It's disrupting
1: the flow. Oh, I agree.
0: I mean. I think, I think it's one of the It's game monitor. one. Yeah. I don't really think that matters as much because no. they're still trying to figure
3: out who their players are. Well, going to the Suns and losing by twenty-one on your first game does not kick off but the for season. For a team we thought was a potential right. playoff team, exactly. I think losing losing to a team that's you know going back into probably going back into the lottery uh, this season by twenty-one on your first night when you're expecting to see you know performance from Jordan and Doncic, I just don't think it's it's the right way to start the season.
2: Going to the Suns. Devin Booker has taken a step forward in each of the seasons he's been in the league, and he, but he's never been that guy that we thought could lead a team or lead a playoff team, perhaps. I think, and it might just be one night, he looked, when he played with Aiden, who also looked very good, Booker looked like the type of guy... You could possibly build around as a first option. that thought they gave him hundred forty million dollars. I think yeah, that's, but that's what the NBA's new. That's the new economic outlook of the NBA. These guys are going to get paid irrespective. But talent wise, Booker's in line to possibly make the jump to superstar this year. Something I, I didn't think I could say before. Hundred percent, I agree.
1: I, but like I, the Suns, they won the game by twenty one points. You can't criticize the coaching at all. But I just find it very interesting that I know they're both rookies. But I mean, Eliakovo played. Eight minutes, And McCullough Bridges did not even see the court. That's the 11th overall pick of the draft. I think that he has to... They, they're going to have to figure out a way to get all these forwards. And they're loaded a forward. and like, I mean, uh, you can't criticize them because, like I said, they won. But Trevor Reza played 37 minutes. He started. I think we all knew he was going to start. But then on the bench, TJ Warren played 24 minutes. Josh Jackson played 28. I don't know what the hell they're going to manage these minutes because they just have a lot of depth at forward, but then point guard, they rely on Isaiah Cannon to play 34 minutes, so going forward, I want to see how they start getting these rookies in uh, in action more, but they look damn good, and I think DeAndre Ayton is just going to be a stud. I think, like we said in previous pods, he looked dominant. Even on that very first play of the game, I just think we're going to see so much of that, where he bodied Doncic and got the M1. I think that there's very few guys in the league that are going to be able to match up with him very well and look like, hold them to minimum points.
0: See, I think it's going to be super easy for the Suns to manage their minutes um, because they just won't play Bridges. That's a very easy decision to make. Trevor Ariza is <laughs> one of the best 3 and D wings in all of basketball, and I don't really think you can question that. This guy's a 15-year Agreed. guy. I've said
1: this. I've been all in on Trevor Ariza. Every part I think so far i brought up Ariza and the, Rock- the loss of him in the yeah. Rockets. Yeah,
0: and Josh Jackson is arguably this team's best defensive player. If you want to take one of those guys out of the equation you're fucking stupid so if you want to get bridges minutes put him in the g league let him develop but you don't want to ruin this team's chemistry when you just brought in ariza and josh jackson's only a second year player who's still developing if you want to get bridges minutes throw him in the g league but don't mess up what you have because you have two good small forwards that can both play power forward i think it's stupid to say that bridges should be playing right now
1: I agree with you. No, I'm not saying he should be playing. I'm saying I, I want to see how they manage to go. He's not going to play no minutes all season. I always want to see how they manage it and stuff. Because Trevor Ariza is also getting older. He's not going to be able to play 37 minutes a night. I don't think. Another thing, I'm going to throw out a really early after one game prediction. If the Suns are in somewhat playoff contention by the deadline, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of them pulling the trigger and trying to get like a star point guard. Who because Isaiah Cannon's is not going to be the future. Kemba Walker took to the Suns at the deadline.
2: Terry Rozier.
1: Terry Rozier One of those two To the Suns at the deadline And then they're gonna Where They're gonna they march. give up They have assets They could trade That's you James have,
2: Jones' is fucking you have problem.
1: it If there's most teams In the league as bad As they've been The past few years The Suns have assets To trade They have uh, TJ Warren Josh Jackson McCall Bridges Okobo Dragon Bender All playing off their bench They have the assets To trade with, along with draft picks It'll be interesting I am not saying It's gonna happen But if the Suns I don't, are think, than I don't
0: think the Suns Are gonna trade draft picks When they're a rebuilding team
1: if they're in playoff attention, I'm saying they're they're not going to tank if they're close to it.
0: They're gonna play. They're gonna try and win with the guys they have. They're not gonna blow up their future to get an eight seed in the playoffs.
1: No, they're, they're not gonna blow up their future. They're gonna keep the focal points. I, mean, but I think they could trade a guy like drop up your future. Though. They,
0: Look, but I guess, you're getting him for one year, because do you really think a they guy can like, sign, I mean, they could sign him, they have, the him yeah. have. Exactly. they have the money to re-sign or him, something Boston does not have. They have the money to re-sign him help. now, but you got to think about it. They've
3: got a bunch of young guys that they're going to want to re-sign too. I mean, they wait two, three months, they, get him free, they give him like a $25 million contract a year. Boston can't match that. They have him, and they give up anyone.
1: They have, no. I'm not, I, I don't think they'll blow up their core. I think that they'll just trade the guys that they have as extra. I think I could see a package, something along the lines of Bender... Warren or Bender's Jackson
3: Yeah, no one's going to take no one's Bender. Gonna Bender Play for McCauvey, no one's taking anyone That plays for McCabe, man.
1: Moving on, the Knicks opened up their season With a W against the Hawks uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is The leading MVP candidate right now Him and Kemba, but I would go Hardaway uh, Alonzo Trier is going to be First team All-NBA uh, Nick, Noah Vanla is going to be second team All-NBA, Enos Kanter starting in the All-Star game, and Mario Hazonji is going to be the MIP, and get your thoughts
2: <laughs> on a more realistic note, um slightly I, more realistic. I, I actually really enjoyed David Fizdale's minute management in this game. We have uh Nilakita playing 34, Hardaway Jr. playing 29, Knox playing 24, Hazonia playing 19, and Trier playing 26. I think Fizdale's doing what he said he would. He's committing to the kids on this team, and Porzingis coming back's only gonna increase his minutes as a big man. And I genuinely think Fizdale's the perfect guy for this rebuilding project rather than having someone like Hornacek, who was more like a playoff. He's a playoff coach, not a coach for a rebuilding team.
1: I agree. I, I, I had one of my favorite things last week, at first I was like, I didn't really understand it, but it makes complete sense. Kevin Knox coming off the bench is really smart. Obviously, it's hard not to start a top 10 player, top 10 draft pick, but uh, Knox clearly wasn't ready, and they had the depth that small forward enough to, like, uh, East the main and not rush, rushing to start right away. I liked it, I liked what we saw from Pisonja, I like Noah Vanla. I thought Alonzo Trier obviously, that, that dunk was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I just think that Fizdale is the right guy for this. He knows that next year when Porzingis is back and healthy, that that's when the Knicks are really going to start going for with free agency mm-hmm. and everything. I think that right now they have a nice rotation that could uh, allow everybody to develop without having the expectations too high, but I love that. That first game saw everything I liked from them. The chemistry between Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr. was there. They both looked great. Burke had 15, 3, and 4. I thought he looked great, and I thought that the Knicks did exactly what I thought they would do opening night.
0: Look, the third worst team in the NBA beat the worst team in the NBA. Don't read too much into this. The Knicks still fucking suck. This is a less than 30 win team, as much as I hate to break your guys' spirits. I want
2: a lottery pick.
0: This team is garbage. Yeah, we want the lottery. We <laughs>
1: want lottery. We want Kyrie or Jimmy Neal in the all Yeah, but that's not going to happen. That's every Nick fan's plan right now. Is it, all right, ten? moving on. Uh, Joey's in a
2: bad mood. He has the Friday Scaries. Uh, yeah. He
1: can't cancer starting in the All-Star Game. Moving on. Uh, Johnny, you bring up your Miami Heat. You play against the Mobamba and the Magic, and you lost. So
3: Yeah. Um, something that I didn't really expect from this game was how good... Mo Bomber actually is guys. shut up I'm... Joey you can say it
0: look I, I don't like him I've made that very clear I, but I was impressed by him I he looked good and yeah I mean if he, he kind comes of up bullied, against the like, team. it's
3: tough for me to say this because I was high on Whiteside going into the season especially after the preseason after see, you know, seeing his workouts over the summer I always get excited seeing his side's workouts over the summer um, <laughs> but he, he you know he lost weight he looks a lot more agile he looked a lot more agile I'll go into that in a bit um, but Bomba kind of, you know, ripped him apart. I mean, on the glass, Miami goes from a team last season that's probably one of the most defensively sound teams to a team that's allowing offensive rebounds at a rate that are really, I, I've never seen from this team before in both the games, by the way, both against the, the Magic and the Wizards. Um, you know, obviously, we're missing some of our big, like, defensive kind of presences in, in James Johnson and Justice Winslow as well, um, but... I think that both Bam and Whiteside struggled against, you know, Vucevic and um, Bamba And Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Yeah, league. he was unbelievable. <laughs> he was, like, he, he really looked like, a rejuvenating player after getting that contract. And I think that we'll see kind of a lot from him going into the season. I do want to shout out the Heat second game. Um, I was ready to, you know, I was already typing up my notes while watching the game against the Wizards about how annoyed I am that Miami didn't trade for Butler um, and get rid of Josh Richardson. Because realistically, you know, how much is he really going to develop? Uh, into like you know an all star caliber player as as Jimmy Butler is, but his fourth quarter performance was something that I've never seen from him. You know he fits the mold of like the the kind of the three and D player that Miami you know the grit and grind that Eric Spoelstra is really developing down there. Um, so for that reason, I wanted him to stay originally, but he really looks like an improved player, and I think he really guided us to that victory in the end. And then Kelly Olynyk came through with point two seconds on the clock with a layup after a D Wade. I mean Yeah, it was kinda of trash though. I mean he really didn't. He was be, on for the vintage but, yeah. moment. I mean he was going for it. I can completely understand why he did it, and if we'd lost that game on that, I would have been like completely okay with it. Um, but Kelly Lenny kind of being there, there was definitely a foul on the play, but you know, I'm happy that we're one and one. We got that win in our division, which is you know very crucial I think. Um, and the Wizards start off the season 0 and one, and I think that's the story as well because uh, we saw quite a lot from John Wall. He was pretty good. Bradley Beal, not so much. Um, yeah. what, I, what I found
1: interesting about the Heat opening game against the Magic was they played a really good game. They just... Yeah. It, they, all it came down to was they had four more turnovers in the Magic. They yeah. had Whiteside... It was
3: down in the rebounding.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, Whiteside had, gave you 18 boards, but I'm saying, like, Whiteside had 12 and 18. Josh Richardson scored 21. Dragic yeah. scored 26. The Heat shot well. They just
3: didn't... They just got... I had a few more turnovers. Though. Yeah, I mean, the biggest issue there is, you know, without the defensive presence that we have injured, I kind of expected a bit more from Kelly Olenek and Bam in that first game, and we really didn't get much from them. I love the, the sort of jump that Olynyk made in between those two games, because he was, you know, he was key in the Wizards game, and they were booing him the whole night, by the way, which I found hilarious for what he did when he was with Boston, completely destroyed them, and for him to come back and win the game with point two seconds left at, you know in Washington. Is amazing, and I'm looking forward to seeing how one, it's going to go. One storyline, just
1: from this, uh, more than more so than just the Magic Heat game overall. Bamba coming off the bench in that game. Yeah. Like, we're seeing a lot more top players g- coming off the bench. I'm a fan of it. I think yeah. it's smart not to rush. it. obviously Trey Young, we knew was going to start. Milikida did that game. last year. He came off the bench took, to start. Yeah. and then you have Martin Bagley came off the bench. Well, he t- t- he played like no minutes. Boy, Martin man, Bagley. Whatever. Forget him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. um, Martin Bagley came off the bench, uh, we saw like, Kevin Knox come off the bench, McCall Bridges did not even play, so we're seeing a lot, I, I, I like this trend, I think that it's smart not to rush, guys, unless you obviously have, like, yeah, we knew
2: Aiton and Dante were gonna start with Smith was sitting on the bench. Was he? Was he got <laughs> in the box? He was actually on the bench? I think he should have been on the bench. Uh, maybe he was. Uh, moving on, we have the Lakers, uh... They lost. I think that was expected. We were talking about the. Well, I, don't know was yeah. I don't know if it was expected either. Yeah. LeBron's I debut it, against the yeah.
0: Portland team that not a lot of people are high on. I don't think that was expected. Uh, I yeah. think it was. I mean, that's the we- literally the
2: Lakers are the weirdest assembled roster in the NBA. I just think they. No, 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 hold on. Go,
1: go, go, going off that. Yeah. We every player that you guys have been roasting in these podcasts that I've been
3: standing up for JaBelle McGee looked. Sick, like Shut up, It's no, no, one no, game. No, no, no. He, <laughs> they looked he looked good. unbelievable. He had, he had like a scounder over about two minutes where he dunked, blocked, dunked, blocked, and it was insane. He, and he literally caught a lob that LeBron threw like over the back. I don't yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was him. crazy. He
1: must have jumped a lob. Like, How it. did
2: JaVale grab it? He's over seven foot tall. No, but he he, looked, Okay, he, he might really be over looked looked seven like, feet yeah. tall,
1: but he was running the floor and he, like, these guys, because they're playing, these guys have never had a player it's like It's funny LeBron to say this, but
3: when JaVale came out and LeBron kind of played as this, like, shadow five, that's when. Everything kind the of... Juventus
1: was more confident than Zendrunas of Gauskas was, and <laughs>
0: yeah. Do not speak bad on Big Z. Dude, that guy was a revolutionary center. He's one of the first big men to step behind the arc. Well, guys, all right,
3: going back to the Lakers game, I think one of the biggest issues with this team right now is that they're, they're playing as if they're a three... Point shooting team with, and, and they just don't have the skill at the moment. I think that's the biggest issue. I think you know, the I, biggest issue. I found issue is... Brandon Ingram in the corner, you know, Brandon Ingram was in the corner pretty much every possession when he wasn't handling the ball, you know, bringing it up the court, and the guy doesn't have a three. You know, he missed a lot of his threes yesterday. He didn't
2: look that good.
3: I mean, he's okay. He, you know, he, his, his mid-range is as, you know, as good as it can pretty much get at this point. But this is the
2: last year we could call him a prospect. He's a bust from next year if he doesn't take the step this year. I would a
3: bust.
1: I don't think I'd he's, a, he's
2: an average hey, LeBron,
1: player. LeBron became a, a fucking poet today. He claimed, he, he, he labeled the Lakers as not being instant oatmeal. I think that's a big headline. LeBron said that they're not. That's gonna the next episode I, of the
2: shop. That's their, the, you got your
1: episode title right there. <laughs> their, their chemistry is not going to work as easily as an instant oatmeal. And I think that even it's true. It's true. I think it's the biggest
2: wrong. thing that I got out of the game was that Rajon Rondo put up a stat line that we haven't seen since his Celtic days. It's three. fact. But I think the biggest thing that comes with Rajon Rondo being a very good or a, a decent starter again is it's a blockade for Lonzo Ball.
3: I mean, he didn't look. He great didn't look capable. He I shot mean, two he for hit, seven after his finalized Chris Brickley yeah, jump shot. Exactly, he hit that three that's gonna make all like the House of Highlights and Bleacher Report Instagram pages. But you know, the guy, the, the explosiveness that we saw from him at UCLA, and even going back to Chino, it's still funny that I'm saying that, but is just non-existent. Like, we don't see any, he, you know, he has an open paint and he'll come back out and kick it to one of the guys, either yeah. KCP or Brandon Ingram. He only got he one assist last night. Because they, they kept yeah.
1: missing. What I found weird one. about that game is that the Lakers team, mm-hmm. LeBron's not known to be a three-point shooter. No, Ingram okay. can't shoot. Mm-hmm. JaVale can't shoot. Rondo can't shoot. Can't can't. Just, they still shot thirty threes last night. Yeah, yeah. They, they took 30 attempts. And that's well, that's because they only shoot threes. LeBron shot 0 for 4. Ingram was 0 for 4. Javale didn't take one. Thank God he didn't. Rondo was one. He will two. take one soon though. <laughs> Kuzma was one for seven. Like this team does not. Michael Beasley only got two minutes. I'm kind of surprised by that. Wish the Knicks kept it. But I don't know. I think this Lakers team, like they, they're gonna. I have no doubt. Even though they lost by nine, they're gonna be a playoff team. Like they, they, once this team meshes, they're gonna be sick. I wouldn't
3: say sick. They'll be a top five seed. Oh. Okay, six seed, five to six seed in my opinion. Oh, I said that before. I, I think they're be to to succeed. I think they'll, they'll they'll mold eventually. I mean, it's tough going to Portland on the first game, home opener. As you, as, you know, we, we discussed earlier before the pod how much of an influence that makes. And you know, if Nick Ta- Nick Stauskas didn't have the fucking game of his life, then you would have seen a different Sus- like. Stauskas. Uh going into next week, we're going to give you a couple games that we think you should look out for. Um, I'm going to kick it off with the Mavs. Uh, the Hawks sorry hosting the Mavs on the 24th of October. It's a Wednesday. We're going to have that Trey Luca, Trey Young, Luka Doncic uh, head-to-head. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic, and I think that that'll be kind of one of the first games that Luka could really develop himself in a sense and really get his, you know, skill set out there because this Hawks team just isn't that good. Um, I think it might be interesting to see the reaction of the Hawks fans as well, you know, when they see Luka fucking tearing everyone up in that arena. Because uh, well, they had him. They exactly, him. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe if Trae Young could also kind of pitch in with a few threes to make it interesting, that could be great. Which uh, is the, see them the dynamic. I think there's, there's going to be, there's going to be so much, you know, hype kind of surrounding this game going into it. Uh, and I think it'll be great to see what actually happens. You got a prediction? Um, I w- I'm going to say Mavs by, you know what? I'm going for a Mavs blowout win just because I love Lucas so much. Blowout. I'm going Lavs, Mavs by like 15. Interesting. Yeah. All right, and then the other game
1: of the week that we're looking forward to Friday night on TNT is Celtics Thunder. I think it's an interesting game because I think all of us agree that both teams are going to be top three seeds in their respective conferences, and I think that uh, this is the first time we're actually going to see the Thunder play the new look Celtics and the Celtics play the Thunder with their new assets. Uh, They have Paul George, but they had Paul George last year, but. they have Schroeder now. Westbrook maybe makes his season debut. We'll see. Uh, this game, if Westbrook doesn't play, this game obviously has much less meaning, and I think the Celtics might blow them out. But um, I think that this will be an interesting game because Thunder haven't seen the Celtics group. Yeah, I and, mean, AD, I think, yeah and We're
3: only going to see the chemistry build. Exactly. I mean, I think team. it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, We're so big on the Celtics this year, and I think that seeing the depth and the way they play going into these next couple games and see if that changes at all if Brad Stevens is trying different systems and going against this like a Western Conference team as well just to see if that kind of changes.
0: That's it for this week's episode of the 11 Percenters podcast. We'll be back later with more NBA content since the season is just getting started. Uh, Remember to follow us on Twitter at 11 Percenters, and we'll be back soon. Peace,